0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched The Hustle, directed by Chris Addison and released in 2019. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Two con artists compete to swindle a tech millionaire. Um, And so before we get into all of the spoilers and stuff, we're going to do a little spoiler free review to tell you whether or not you should see this movie. Melissa, should people see this movie?
1: Yeah, if you like this kind of thing. I love a heist. And and this is really funny. Uh, I really like these two actresses, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. They're lots of fun. I understand it's a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is a movie from the 80s, which is itself a remake of an earlier movie from the 60s. But I actually, for whatever reason, haven't seen that version of it. I don't imagine that it's much different. It's very fun. I, I thought it was fun. This is my kind of thing, though.
0: Mm. No, I enjoyed it, too. Um, I have seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but it was a while ago, and I'm really struggling to remember exactly how that goes, so I looked up the plot summary. But, yeah, I I found it enjoyable. I really thought it was funny a lot of the time Mm. um I feel like Anne Hathaway and Robert Wilson are great together I'm not totally sold on the uh the guy who plays the guy they swindle it that just didn't work for me at all I feel like they could have cast that better and it would have been done better yeah um but I mean it's still pretty enjoyable
1: yeah he was probably I looked him up afterwards and he's kind of he's not really very well known i
0: don't think he's done very much before this and he's british he's according to the imdb he's british american ah anyway which sort of makes sense with sense with his accent because it's like yeah in and out <laughs> yeah it wasn't so much the accent it was just that he was kind of like a
1: he, he reminded me a little bit of thomas middleditch from silicon valley which mm. is the kind of archetype he's playing off but he's not not nearly as good like, I, I feel like he,
0: they could just cast him because he kind of looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's, there are a few, like, guys who could step into that role. Yeah. So, yeah, that part, um, Alex Sharp, I didn't think was that great. Mm. And there's a weird thing at the end that seems to be played sincerely that I was like, why are you trying to do this? It doesn't work with everything else that's going on in this movie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I still had a lot of fun. I found it pretty yeah. funny and enjoyable. Yeah, so.
1: this was fun. Yeah, I guess we will uh, pause here and start to move into spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Hustle or Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause the podcast now and come back when you have.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of looked up after we saw the movie, I mm. went and looked at what the Rotten Tomato score and everything is. And Rotten Tomato score for this is 15%, which I feel is insanely low for what this movie was. It's also got a really low
1: Metascore as well, 35. Yeah. I'm confused. Like <laughs> this just seems like a fun silly movie and it's it's well put together it's got a clear three-act structure the screenplay is good the actors are good everyone's putting lots of energy into it it's an escapist and fun and light i don't i don't get that i don't know I, yeah i but really I don't. Do, I mean, like it, it and our fellow critics who saw it on who we do radio with also enjoyed it they were like yeah this is fun yeah i don't yeah and we had it, the audience it was a pretty decent sized audience
0: that we yeah. were with they seem to enjoy themselves <laughs> That was a joke that played particularly well with a Canberra audience yeah, that about was... ASIO <laughs> like the audience that we that got the biggest laugh I think in the whole movie yeah. from well, our they're, audience they're all wankers in, in, in ASIO that was that was great it just played yeah it, it's just a joke that seems uh, very Canberra-ish <laughs> tailored it to very, Canberra
1: very much played to Canberra um, yeah. and also I don't know did, did you hear also um, Rebel Wilson's character
0: was supposed to be from Kudamundra, which is about uh, two hours drive from here yeah um, yeah there were a few things that played I think I think a lot of her jokes also maybe just played better here. I feel like maybe some of the jokes went over the heads of American critics. Like oh. she does not in any way modify her Australianness for an audience. Her slang is very um bogan Australian. She yeah. does and she doesn't like there's no point at which she tries to translate any of that for us.
1: No. I, and that probably is a factor. If you listen to this podcast on the reg, you'll hear me at least do things that she does. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I, I grew up overseas, so my... Yeah, has,
1: Katie's, are, Katie's less of a bogan than I am, uh, which is probably also something we'd need to translate for an international audience. But, yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Like, there are certain faces that she makes mm. and the way, like, that are very Australian in the way... And Anne Hathaway mimics one at the end. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, she doesn't at all. And, and Rebel Wilson's also always been someone who doesn't do any kind of pulling of punches. So she's always happy to go for a joke that she thinks is funny even if it's going to land a little flat like there's a post-credit sequence in this that lands kind of flat but they still put it in and you can imagine her improving on set and riffing around with things that don't always work but that's always kind of how she is to me
0: yeah i think she divides audiences but i enjoy her yeah um
1: yeah for, for the most part i really like her and obviously find her quite relatable then the Australianness is obviously also very
0: relatable yeah <laughs> there's a whole bit where she's um rolling around Anne Hathaway's office, I guess, mm. and picking out things. And she goes buying another little boy head or another, uh, something from the NASCAR index. <laughs> like, it was it's really funny. That was but great. it also feels like a lot of her stuff was improvised. Yeah. And they did a bunch of takes and they left in the ones that they thought were funny. Yes. I feel like that too. Yeah. yeah so it makes you sort of wonder what the original script was like. Although Anne Hathaway has moments, she isn't as funny. She tends to sort of play the straight man a lot to to Mm. Rebel Wilson, but her introduction is very funny.
1: Yeah, I actually think she's really, really good because she gets to kind of – gets to let loose with a lot of accents and sort of just – Acting in general, like you see her slip in and out of character when her mark turns away and things mm. like that. Plus, she is obviously having a lot of fun with all the different accents that she slips in and out of. No, yeah, she I think, seems to be having a blast in this movie. Like, I, I know, but she was also really good. Mm. Like her acting is also really, really good, and it's, it's um, a good vehicle for her to kind of just get to get to have fun and like really put her put her, her talent out there. But, I mean, it's. We're big Anne Hathaway fans here, both of us, and always have been. But again, she's someone who also has people don't like her for reasons that I cannot
0: fathom. Yeah, um, there's yeah, there's a whole thing about Anne Hathaway. I never understood the no. Di- she it's, just seems sweet. Well, it's, it's. I think most of the dislike of Anne Hathaway is rooted in uh, internalized misogyny. But I mean, um, well, yes, and it's.
1: You can probably say something about similar about Rebel Wilson and internalized misogyny and internalized fat phobia, yeah, or just externalized fat, fat phobia. Is. But yes, um, like if you like those, these two as much as we do, this is a great experience. But also I do think Anne Hathaway is genuinely talented and is genuinely giving, giving it all. I think
0: so too. I think um, there were definitely scenes that I didn't enjoy very much, but I feel like most of the stuff that I enjoyed less is in the back half of the movie. Mm. Um, I think the introduction of Alex Sharp just kind of, deflates the movie a little bit and sucks the fun out a little bit. It, he doesn't like... So the the twist, of course, is the same as in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. The Mark turns out to be a, um even more famous con man than either of those two. But the thing is, he doesn't seem like he would be a very good con man and nothing that we see after that indicates that he would be very good at playing anything other than the one role that he's already played. Like when he comes in in the other role, he isn't very convincing in it. No. He still looks like a tech boy that's like now giving tours or something, Yeah, you with a fake tan. With a fake tan. Earring, yeah. No, he's just
1: not as strong as the others. I, I and mean... And he doesn't
0: have the charisma.
1: Yeah. And there's also... I do question how much longer people are going to get away with making fun of disability as a joke, as a bit, as a shtick. And the back half of the movie all revolves around Rebel Wilson's character pretending to be blind. So I think that's probably something that hasn't aged well from the 80s and probably won't age well from this. But, of course, the whole point is that they get their comeuppance for behaving like that, Yeah, which kind of makes it all work out in the end, which is nice. But he – yeah, he, when he plays that character, he's – the most convincing in that role so it's sort of hard to hard to buy him when you see him at the end as the tour guide and in what i assume is his natural british accent at the very end
0: well yeah i think um i mean my guess is based on his background is that he does both something like a john barryman type person mm. um i don't know it does doesn't work for me that the whole character doesn't work for me mm. and then the thing that i found weird was that they seem to be playing like him liking penny straight mm. but it just doesn't track with anything that we've seen in the movie. It doesn't track, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And like, we just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop as well. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's real ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's like internalized fat girl trauma of thinking that like the fat girl's going to get rejected every time.
0: Maybe, but. but-, but- um, it's more that like it's it's a movie about con artists, right? Yeah. Everything they're doing is part of the yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it, there's no reason to like well, they. Yeah, there's no
1: reason to think they'll get together. And then at the end, they're like, it, it just seems to be something that's going to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's weird. Well, it's already ha- like so. So basically, what's happening is the, through the whole thing, like, um, I think the problem is like you see, start to see Penny develop feelings for Mm. who she thinks thomas is right and so we've got that one-sided thing but we never actually see thomas do that because we don't see any like guilt or doubt or anything from him in terms of conning her so it seems like it's a one-sided thing Mm. and also like the whole movie is about them constantly conning each other it feels weird to have two of the con people then have genuine feelings for each other at the end that are reciprocated yeah it's a con artist movie yeah it it doesn't make less about her being fat and it's more about them being con artists yeah yeah yeah. like you know i I, i'm just
1: wondering though if there was some kind of consciousness of not doing that falling into that trope but yeah
0: i um well, that's what I thought, assumed it was as well. Yeah. Like, I think they did it because they didn't want it to be – they didn't want it to seem like she couldn't possibly be attractive. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. But I feel like they could have done that in another way, mm. like had somebody – like one of their marks be genuinely attracted to her instead of playing it that way. It just yeah. doesn't work with – That mark, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly, because he's not a mark. He's, he's yeah. the con man. Mm. He is the ultimate con man. So, like, for him – to him – for him to have conned her into genuinely having feelings for her is part of his con. Yeah. That's how it works, right? He tries to yeah, guilt yeah. her so that she gives him back the money. It doesn't make any sense for it to go, Oh yeah, but I really liked you. No, no, you d- didn't. No, no. you not You still took her money. And it
1: feels weird as well. Yeah. Um, because of the way the way he does come back at the end and like He's running his different scam and proposing that they all, you know, hook up and work together.
0: It would have almost been better if he'd come back at the end and and done that different scam. And, but the reason that he'd come back was not because he wanted to a time with her. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't because I want to make a great team with you guys. It's like, um, like I... Want to see more of you? Stop thinking about you and want to see more of you, and then it would kind of fit better. I also really like the idea of Anne Hathaway as this awkward third wheel while they're like flirting with each other across her. That was funny, yeah. But there's ways of making that feel much more real than what they did in the film, where you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. You're just like, that that doesn't make any sense. No, and and also like they fall into like an established relationship in two seconds hmm. it seems like she literally the next comment after he says that from her is indicates like, that they're just together that was why it was it was really whiplashy or i found it very yeah. whiplashy like wait what because she's all oh i'll withhold sex and i'm like you haven't even had sex yet no what are you talking about it's so weird yeah it feels almost like they want to do like a whole other movie where it's this but they only have the like five minutes at the end of the movie to do it true but yeah i thought that was just plays very awkwardly and very weird mm-hmm. throughout the movie as well as the jokes there was a lot of jokes with like place names uh-huh. and like background text jokes i picked up oh, two yeah. of them <laughs> like sweet caroline yeah. so the suite he's in is called sweet caroline in france so it's clearly a, um, um,
1: and there was mahoney's Cajones. yeah which that's is the other the, one i wrote the, down b- the bar at the beginning that um timothy simmons is in he's like a first the first mark he's from veep Very, very tall douchey
0: guy. I don't remember ever seeing him before. Always plays very, very tall douchey (laughs) guy. Okay. I mean, there's definitely something in the storyline where like Rebel Wilson is constantly duping guys by making them think they're going to meet up with a hot girl. Yeah. Right. And they're all disappointed when they see her and Mm -hmm. like she's using that societal sexism and fat phobia against guys. Yeah there's something really interesting in that and like then potentially her finding somebody who isn't like that Mm. could be a really interesting storyline. It just feels like it's really tacked onto this film. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't kind of work with the way everything else plays out. No. The other scene I really didn't like, like really didn't find funny was um, when Anne Hathaway's torturing Rebel Wilson to try and prove that she's not blind. Mm. That was, it wasn't funny. Yeah. It was probably a bit much. It was, yeah, it was a bit much and it, it's that
1: it's that i'm just not that into toilet humor like and, and this is my pro- like i've always had this problem like i was like yeah bridesmaids was fine but there's this huge toilet thing in the whole, in the middle and i really don't like
0: but um it was kind of well i mean a virgin to mean basically it did but the other thing was well i mean this the whole movie's a bit mean but um right they're right conning but, people but the whole, mean. yeah it
1: is mean but the marks that they pick are always like people who deserve it like rich men who think they're better than everybody else mm. and then except for apparently this one guy and then it turns out actually he's conning them and mm. they get their up comeupp- like that's why that it the meanness works because the mean people get their comeuppance right
0: but like this it's the two people being mean to each other but like it just it was awkward she blows into her eyes for ages and it's so like yeah it's very like blind people still have like reflexes, you know, and, reflexes and, yeah. and stuff they still like
1: yeah and this is what i'm saying that the whole
0: blindness thing is i think not the greatest no and then she's like oh blind people count the steps all the time i'm like no they don't this isn't not a familiar environment she's never been she's been in this room for
1: like 10 minutes
0: yeah no it was i mean i get they're probably having
1: fun improvising but also like it it just didn't make any logical sort of sense there no
0: and the other thing was that like i mean i know he's a con man but it also seems really obvious that he would try and like stop them from doing that Mm like that especially the like the toilet gag and the running into the door gag like that's clearly not going to be therapy for somebody who's blind like it's i know it's a silly comedy but at the same time you're just kind of like well this guy is not he's either an asshole or he's a con man like it doesn't work other things as well like she keeps talking about how she how it's all negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. which um i was like no negative reinforcement is never a good idea Hmm. it's not as effective like so yeah <laughs> my, my brain but it's just also went also into... not like
1: quite the same as like negative reinforcement of you know like when you, you're training an
0: animal or whatever it's not what it's not the what
1: they're really doing there
0: no that it isn't no not at all yeah it's all just to be silly i suppose but i find see i found that kind of humor less funny than the written humor the written humor and the improv humor was a lot better mm. but i actually i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that that stuff was improved especially like blowing in her eye and yeah. things like
1: that I, that to me feels improved
0: yeah I, as much as I, and i do think anne hathaway is funny and talented i don't think she's very good at improv humor <laughs> no, I, it, it
1: almost feels like it was something that she was talked into by other people who were there. Maybe. On the set. Like, it, yeah, you can sort of,
0: yeah. It was strange. Um, yeah, she's a lot better at the verbal jokes and stuff. Yes, which is why her intro is so good. Like, mm. there's a bunch of jokes in, just in her intro where she's pretending to be, like, this dumb American girl that are very, very funny. She's delightful in that part. It's so funny. Um, When the guy's like, I'm Danish, and she's like, like the pastry? Yes. <laughs> Oh, it's magnificent. Because the thing is that all of those jokes are like smart, dumb jokes. Mm. You have to be relatively smart to come up with how dumb the jokes are, which is why it works so well. Mm. Um, when she holds up as well, the coaster, which has the same like. How much is this worth? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. Mm. I don't know. It worked really well. And then uh, the only thing that really, really didn't work with her stuff was her Australian accent, unsurprisingly, which she only manages, like, they only do one line and it's still... Yeah. The sigh of relief that went through the cinema at the end when she was introduced
1: as an Australian and then he was like, but she's had a tongue cut out, lost a tongue in an unfortunate wombat incident. Maybe they were making fun of her Australian accent at that moment. Or it could have been a joke, again, a Rebel Wilson style joke of, like, nobody can do the Australian accent. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Right after she's done a really like broad out there um, South African one, but anyway, yeah. But South Africa—that's the thing. South African is probably the easiest for Australian people to do because it's it's closer to ours. Yeah, that's right, and that's why New Zealand accents are quite common for Australians to do,
1: but. That that was a particular like and hers was fine. It sounded fine. It sounds fine too. Like again, like, you know, just a bait as a basic version of it. Yeah, I don't know. I did. It just feels like yeah that that almost might have been a deliberate. Please don't make the American actor do the Australian accent joke.
0: Yes, but also I'm just thinking about that scene again and like I'm thinking about how good it could have been if they put somebody who was a good actor in the. In his In place? In the tech guy role, yeah. It would have, like, it really could have been a lot of fun if he if they, they had had somebody who was really good playing that yeah. role. Yeah, like, just, I, there's probably a heap
1: of young comedians who could be
0: drafted into service for that part. Yeah. Who would have done a really good job. Yeah, just thinking about it kind of disappoints me because then you might also get, like, some layers when he's, when we think that he's um, the mark. Yeah. We might actually get some other layers of stuff going on instead of just like a very surface level yeah. performance, well, yeah. it seems like. No, the reason it's easy to fall for him or it's
1: easy for them to fall for him is because that's what he can do.
0: Yeah. That role is what he can do. And the like, I remember Glenn Headley being really, I really liked her when I watched Dirty Rotten mm. Scoundrels to the point where when I think about it, like she's the first person that pops into my head and then Steve Martin. And then I didn't even remember that Michael Caine was the third yeah, one. Yeah, Michael so. Caine in the Anne Hathaway role. Yeah. So I think also because Michael Caine we tend to think of as, like, being more of a bruiser which type. Is, yeah, which is – it's really funny, like, because Steve Martin I think of as a bit more refined and, and Michael Caine is more of the, the rough one. Yeah. But it's the other way around. Yeah. Which is funny. Well, Steve Martin, to me, in my head, is always just anxious, I guess. <laughs> like, But, yeah, certainly not rough around the edges, But though. I think that's probably what we saw him in first because my brain goes back to, like, Father of the Bride for yeah. Steve Martin or Parenthood. Yeah. are really similar roles. Really similar roles, now that I think about it. But Father of the Bride
1: is more of that Anne Hathaway type of like normally very composed and putting on a good face and then pushed – and when they're pushed that you kind of – Father of the Bride is all about a character who tries to hold it together but under pressure really, really can't. Yeah,
0: true. I I always think of him as just being anxiety ridden.
1: Yeah, yeah. And obviously the the Anne Hathaway part in this is not that – she never gets pushed like that oh she does but that but but the fun of her character is watching rebel wilson push her yeah and push her out of her comfort zone and, and make her lose face like yeah. that so and if, frustrate her yeah which is why it's funny because yeah because michael Caine
0: is yeah kind of a bruiser yeah but yeah it was it was um fun to watch them do that mm-hmm. so i'm just remembering the first scene in the film as well where um rebel wilson is with that what whatever his name is stupidly tall man yeah yeah and uh he talks about how it, she's like i'm so in love with her i let her keep my babies and then rebel wilson like s- sells him on this fact that she had was born with a cup breast <laughs> <a> birth defect <laughs> <He needs> five hundred dollars <laughs> for a boob job which is like the it's so dumb it's also so, so much less than a boob job actually costs true there's that too well no she said doesn't she say that that's the last like bit of money or something like that oh, is about right. usually She's how her scam yeah, works yeah.
1: yeah but that whole bit where he's like i'd let her keep my kids i'd, I'd visit every second weekend and like play with them and such or whatever you're supposed to do yeah. i'd even pay my child support oh my god it's th- that is great writing
0: it is it's it's really funny writing <laughs> and like then that one of the funniest things to me in this film was like every single time that them or most of the time when they got caught or pretended to get caught the mark was still like half on board yeah they were like they would either be like i bet her sister doesn't even have big boobs or i bet like wh- where do i send the money where do yeah. i send the money or whatever you know um they're still like partly sucked in which is really entertaining yeah. to me i also loved the awesome um, animated opening credits a la yeah, yeah. pink panther and stuff they were really good yes they were really fun i love you gotta love animated opening credits plus that whole animated opening credits was about was showing them like trying to screw each other over yeah, and in and the then, process screwing them both yeah. both over yeah it was telling the plot yeah, yeah it was nice. which was really funny i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. i also enjoyed the fact that the cute boys that um anne hathaway tricked rebel wilson within the train were like you know black guys with like Necklaces and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, hot and French rappers. Hot yeah, fr- yeah, hot French rappers, and that's that's the hot boys that she used to trick. Yeah, yeah, Rebel yeah. Wilson into going on with. I thought that was cute. I like yeah, that. That was nice. <laughs> also, a line at, at one point where Anne Hathaway tells Rebel Wilson that if she stays in Burmese, she'll be killed or worse. And we both <laughs> went expelled. expelled. But I mean, you know, you can't any longer think of it. No, any other way. I've written down so many of Rebel Wilson's lines, though. When she confronts Anne Hathaway about her kebab of lies, just <laughs> wrapped up in this kebab of lies, <laughs> yes, um, oh. and um how all of her money was in Bitcoin, yes, oh my God, I've got the nascar index one, yeah, the, um, I, when then right after that, there was the dinosaur clitoris, um, yeah thing <laughs> she just is really like funny, yeah, she is and very quick, it's a very quick script, like it's really sharp, yeah. The only one of the only one of Anne Hathaway's lines I've written down is um, when she calls Rebel a big tit- big titted Russell Crow. Crow <laughs> yes, oh. which was funny. I also kind of feel like Rebel might have written. That one. I feel like she wrote quite a few of few lines. Yeah, I actually wrote a note at one point asking if Alex Sharp, the guy who plays, um, I wrote is Zuck Junior because mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the character's name, but I wrote is Zuck Junior Australian because that accent was like slightly off yeah but i kind of feel like it's slightly off in a way that like maybe he just does have an american accent some of the time but because he's also yeah, British, he's like just...
1: grown up in england but he's yet yeah, lived in america and stuff yeah. yeah yeah it was off anyway it definitely felt off i but just it
0: felt to me it felt off in like an almost natural way mm. not like a person trying to do an accent but like no. a slightly natural off accent yeah. like mine yeah <laughs> yeah for instance um yeah i also find the sex bet gross i always find the sex bet gross yeah, in any version of this yeah. it's gross no sex it's, bets aren't nice but... it's not any less gross if it's two women trying to seduce a man nope. it's, it's still icky. super gross it's made much less gross by the fact that we like if you know the story you know that he is like not going to fall for it and he's a con man yeah but it's still the fact that they want to make it in the first place yeah yeah no, it's gross although watching anne hathaway try to seduce him and drop that oyster down her boobs was and then him putting it back in. But it was a great callback, too, because earlier on Rebel Wilson's eating popcorn
1: and suffering from a problem that I suffer from on the regular of, like, popcorn going down her boobs. Yeah. She gets off the bed and, like, shakes her boobs out to get the popcorn out, which I'm like, um, yeah, that's so relatable. <laughs> and then, of course, the very small-breasted Anne Hathaway just slides right on through.
0: Yeah, it was, that was really funny. And also, like, it, it's directed by a man. I don't know if it's written by a man as yeah. well. Uh, well, so the original screenplay, the screenplay writers from the 1988 film get a credit on this. And as
1: far as I can tell, there's one woman who has has a screenwriting
0: credit. Because those to me are very like a woman had to have written those jokes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. And well, the boob one as well, I feel like they're getting, getting popcorn. Like that's a fat
1: woman joke, like a bo- yeah. woman with big boobs. Big, yeah. no, it's not a skinny woman joke either. So, yeah. Well, yes. the one
0: get the popcorn, but then the other one where the, where the oyster just goes yep. straight through. Yeah. Yep. Like Definitely. Yeah, the, those are definitely those feel like we- yeah. So there is one woman writer, um, Jack Schaefer,
1: credited on the screenplay. The guy who directed it, Chris Addison, is um from Veep, okay. like Timothy Simons, and um, he's also from he's, he's British though, so it's he's also from the thick of it, which is is the British version of Veep, I guess. Yeah,
0: the um, there's also a moment at the end where like they find out, which I did actually genuinely like. They find out that like Thomas is the new Medusa, but the thing is. When Rebel talks about the, or Penny talks about Medusa being like the greatest con artist, mm. I thought they would, I thought she was talking about the real Medusa. Like the, well, not the, the. Oh, like the mythological Medusa, yeah. not Thomas's Nana. Like not a real person yeah, right. who was really a con artist. Yeah. Like I thought that that was just metaphorical. And the, the real Medusa, like she was saying, that the mythological creature Medusa was the greatest. No, 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 no. Because every heist movie always has some legendary thief, but they didn't. To me, they didn't make that clear in this movie oh, at all. I just all. thought that was
1: obvious, having watched a couple of heist movies in my life. But yet, they always there's always some legendary thief that's this mystery person that you're looking up to. What I assumed was that there'd be some famous actress who'd come in playing Thomas's nana yeah. at the end,
0: but that well, didn't I'm happen. surprised they didn't get Glenn Headley in to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised she didn't show up at the end with him. I was like, oh, when Headley's hmm. going to show up. Well, I, I, if it, even if it wasn't her, like, I just assumed somebody famous was going to cameo in that part. Yeah. I don't know. I was vaguely disappointed that it wasn't her because I really liked her in the original. Um, she's always – I feel like she's been in other things with Steve Martin as well and she has good yeah. chemistry with him. But anyway, yeah, it just didn't occur to me that that was – they were talking about a real – Con artist. Oh right. For some reason, oh. like I, I know that there's often a real con artist in these movies that they're looking up to, but it just didn't occur to me. And then at the end, it should, they were like, "Oh, he's Medusa's granddaughter," and I was like, "What? A grandson?" And I was like, "What?" I can tell you why Glenn
1: headley didn't appear in the movie. She died in 2017. Did she? I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I also missed that.
0: Oh, that's so sad. Um, I really well, like. That is sad. I
1: didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, sorry.
0: I, yeah, I don't remember that happening. that's so
1: weird i mean it's not like she's super super famous no but i usually know
0: about these things like i feel like i never even knew that until right at this moment yeah very strange anyway sorry it makes me sad yeah it makes me sad too i that is really sad she was young as well she was like 62 but um yeah anyway sorry i completely derailed that but it kind of derailed me yeah it didn't occur and then but I, i i do appreciate that he has taken on the like moniker of a of a female god yeah, artist, that's yeah. kind of neat. I do too. Yeah. Um. But other than that, yeah, he just doesn't work for me as a character. Yep. So I don't know if I have much else to say about this movie. It looks fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh it does. yeah. That's it's why quite... I was going to bring that up is because a, a rebel then goes, because um, Anne Hathaway's like, "Do you understand what that means?" He's the new Medusa, and she's like, "Yeah, you're Thomas's nana," which is a callback <laughs> to an earlier yeah thing. But I yeah. also thought that was funny. That was funny. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, no, it does. It looks quite nice. It seems to have largely been shot in the UK, but they found somewhere with proper sunshine to film, at least some of the outdoor scenes, because there's, you know, water scenes and stuff that actually look like they were shot in a in a place that has real sunshine.
0: I won't say it's necessarily the south of France, but it
1: probably was. Well, the
0: stuff, like the, the location that was Anne Hathaway's house yeah. cannot possibly have been in the UK. No, no. There's just too, no way. No,
1: it was beautiful and sunshiny, and the level of brightness, it had to be. I, I was actually going to look for the... Um, The filming locations. Oh, Mallorca is where they filmed. Ah, that
0: makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It does genuinely look like a place that has, you know, nice proper weather. Actually, in that bar at the beginning as well, there was like, she runs past toilet signs and the toilet oh. signs are like a moustache for men and, and a lipstick. lipstick for women. I and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was, But that, you know, that was a deliberate, like that was a yes perfect joke as well. Yeah. It, that, uh, there's a lot of visual jokes. And I feel like I missed a lot.
1: Oh yeah. Like you'd almost have to, um, as soon as I saw that, yeah, Mahoney's Cajones at the beginning, I was like, oh God, I should pay attention to this. Yeah. And then I sort of forgot to pay attention. Saw that one. Saw Sweet
0: Caroline at the end, but I was like. Well, Sweet Caroline, they hold on that door for <laughs> <laughs> definitely for long enough enough for people like us to notice that yeah yeah like they purposefully hold on that door while it yes yeah, not...
1: well, oh the whole cinema notice the yeah. um the people next to me who were quite delightful
0: seatmates actually started singing sweet carol <laughs> when they saw it that's good i love the dress jokes as well like the the trashy dress joke oh yeah, and then the, at the, the end shiny that... gold one yeah. and the trash bag looking amazing and the, the end that Anne hathaway is like now in on that kind of that kind of joke yeah that was cute i like i like them taking on each other's con styles yeah yeah that's quite cute definitely I think that's probably enough. Yes,
1: that is fine. Comedies um, but the, is always so hard to wardrobe, talk the wardrobe, yeah, we'll uh, wardrobe in general, I think, in this was really lovely. I did see at the end Mark Jacobs had done the wardrobe. And, like, the clothes were really good, especially, like, when Rebel Wilson's in her more, like, backpacker kind of outfits. Yeah. They're all just exactly what you would see someone who's like that wearing. But then Anne Hathaway's rich lady outfits are also totally perfect because they're very specific. They're like a rich lady who lives in a beautiful tropical – paradise, or beautiful beach paradise mm. kind of thing. So I thought that was all very well done. And it was all very colourful too. Like the movie is all very bright and light and colourful.
0: Yeah. I also felt like the the Lord of the Rings play was a little overdone, a little bit overwrought. At least there are only three rings. You didn't have to go with the whole nine. Yes, that's true. But the, um, it just doesn't, feel like they would fall, fall well, for it and the whole, like it's so over the top yeah. you're like there's no way this is real and
1: the the hortense thing was again it felt like a an improv joke that they thought was really funny that's kind of probably been allowed
0: to go on a bit too much yes although yeah. the song at the end was kind of funny the, yeah no that was kind of funny <laughs> wedding death <laughs> was funny that made yeah. me laugh yeah and, and
1: some of her stuff was really funny but yeah. it just was also like There's a lot of it and um, it's quite awkward.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, I guess we'll rate it then. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this movie three stars because it's not great, but I enjoyed it. Likewise. Yeah, I'm going three stars. This is fun. Thank you
1: very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.